Alright, what is up you guys? Welcome to the Abstract Audio Podcast. I'm your host, Derek. I know. I know. I done goofed. And uh, if you want to know what procrastination looks like. So, it was Wednesday night. Wednesday afternoon, really. Uh, And I was going to post, or record rather. I was going to record somehow Wednesday night turned into I could just do it Thursday morning and then Thursday you know it'll be dope it'll be the first time I record in the morning it's not something I typically do it'll be cool it'll be its own vibe well then that's the thing is Thursday morning turns into Thursday afternoon and Thursday afternoon quickly turns into Thursday night and once you're at the point of (laughs) recording Wednesday's episode on a Thursday night you kind of, procrastination will allow you to, uh, will convince you rather that it would just be best to post a Friday episode. And so that's where we are. And, uh, and so I apologize to you guys, short one episode this week, but, um, I do assure you next week, I'm going to get in the habit of recording the day prior to posting so that hopefully we can get some consistency in this bitch. But, um, I do assure you we have a dope episode today, ranging in topics from some closing thoughts on X's passing, his character, and uh, some conspiracy theories surrounding his death. Then we have Drake's mom uh, giving her thoughts on the beef and why we might be worrying about the wrong AI with a closing story of our closing article rather stressing what a five-day break from social media can do for your brain. All right, so with that being said, let's get into the Triple X news. I'm still in shock. You know, it's just kind of crazy that he's gone, which is weird because, you know, I wasn't a fan at all, I would say. I wasn't an avid listener. The only songs I really listened to was that initial uh, super hype song. I forget what, what it was called. Um... And then the Kodak Black song that he was featured on. And uh, I, I made a concerted effort to stay away from his music, given the accusations and whatnot. But uh, we do have a bit of closure with uh, one suspect being arrested. So a suspect has been charged with the shooting death of rising rap star Tentacion. Authorities in Florida say Thursday, uh, said Thursday, uh, Dedrick... Devonche Williams, 22, of Pompano Beach, was arrested shortly before 7 p.m. Wednesday, the Broward Sheriff's Office said in a news release sent Thursday morning. So, and mind you, there are believed to be two suspects. So, it is good, at least we have one, uh, you know, someone to hold accountable, but the work isn't done yet. And then also there's recent reports that it wasn't a random robbery. He, it was, you know, more, much more targeted. So uh, as you could kind of assume, I guess, you know, just being young, rich and, you know, active on social media. Um, so according to the new reports, local authorities have determined the murder of XXX Tentacion was premeditated and not a result of a quote unquote random robbery uh, as initially reported. So, according to the new investigation, two men got out of an SUV that was blocking XXX's car and demanded money. 
From there, a brief struggle ensued before one of the men eventually shot the rapper and grabbed his bag before fleeing the scene. Authorities also discovered that the alleged killer, Dedrick Devonche Williams, was spotted on surveillance cameras at a local store purchasing a black neoprene mask prior to the murder. More details to come. So, for, you know, I, I think it's good for his fans to get that closure for, you know, relatives, people close to him, but, um, and just in general, because an injustice, you know, uh, is, is never good. But what this had me thinking on, man, um, well, first I'll get into the tributes that celebrities and other musicians, uh, paid to X. So, let's see, there's quite a few here. So, J. Cole... Uh, tweeted, this got me fucked up, rest in peace X, enormous talent and limitless potential, and a strong desire to be a better person, God bless his family, friends, and fans, uh, Pusha T said, RIP XXXTentacion, um, Sean Don, or Big Sean, said, my heart dropped when I heard about X, uh, I feel like we only got to see a glimpse of his artistry, I didn't know him personally, but I respect how passionate he was about his music and message, Nobody deserves this kind of ending. Gone too soon. Damn, R.I.P. Uh, Denzel Curry said, send all your energy to X. Uh, let's see. Ski Master Slump God said, no, this can't be real. Um, Quentin Miller chimed in and said, 20 years. That's not many years. Never met you. Not going to flex like I was the biggest fan. Uh, but you were a gift to the world. You'll live forever through your music, bro. Rest in power. Um, let's see, Joey Badass, pray for my brother X, Life of Designer, pray for X, we, hashtag we are the youth, um, Lil Yachty, we must support his legacy, Made in Tokyo, oh my god, this shit can't be real, uh, Future said the streets ain't got love for nobody, R.I.P. X, and then Travis Barker, um, who I guess was a frequent collaborator with X, uh, said, I'm at a loss for words, speechless. Spoke to you weeks ago, my brother. I loved collaborating with you and was honored to call you a friend. You are a true artist, one of the most fucking talented of our time. Your music will live forever. Blessings to his family and loved ones. R.I.P.X. Uh, Erica Badu just said, damn. Um, Let's see. T. Grizzly said, damn, bro. R.I.P. Sad. Sad, one of the only newer songs that I can go, go to wherever I'm go to whenever I'm going through something. Uh, and then YG said, damn, bro, RIP. All my young rap dudes stay dangerous. Seriously, though. Uh, PMB Rock said, love you, bro. Um, 070 Shake said, I will never forget the words you told me on this day. I love you, friend. Nothing's real but pain. Nothing's real but pain is what I feel in my heart right now. Uh, YBN Namir said, damn, bro, I still remember I found out about you. Uh, a, a few summers ago, I seen a video of you fighting somebody. Early 2016, we was listening to Sippin', Sippin Tea in Your Hood, but we never even knew that was your song. When you DM'd me, that gave me the inspiration to keep doing this rapping shit. I remember the first time I met you, bro. Rubbing off the paint had just blew up, and I was in L.A. for the first tour with SOB RBE. Uh... You came up to the car. You treated me like I was your brother. I really don't do this paragraph shit. I lost, I've lost. i lost a lot of people. But I want to say thank you for everything. Not just for me, but for all the positive things you do for people. Had hella love for your weird ass. I hate this shit, fool. 
Um, and then Wi-Fi's funeral, honestly heartbroken. You pushed me and so many others, uh, so many other others to limits that we never thought we could even reach, dude. Uh, honestly, don't want to even believe this, to be honest. Everybody have a blessed day. Enjoy the people around you. Please do. This shit sucks. Um, the Real Trillionaire said, damn, just 20 years old. So much, so much more about life that shouldn't, that should have been ahead of him. So much more about life that should have been ahead of him. Uh, prayers for his family and friends. Tell everybody you love him what you can because the world offers no promises. Rest in peace, youngster. And yes, that's what resonates. That's kind of what I take in any passing, whether it be celebrity, whether it be um, just someone in, in that, you know, that I, that I know, uh, just always keep, keep, uh, you know, tell people what you feel when you feel it, regardless of what it is, because you never know what that could do for them, the inspiration that could bring them, or, you know, just simply put, you, you don't know when you'll ever get another chance to, uh, for either of you, that chance could be taken away at any moment, so, um, oh, hold up, I almost forgot Kanye, so, Kanye tweeted, uh, a photo of X and said, rest in peace, I never told you how much you inspired me when you were here, thank you for existing, and kind of a shining example, probably the best example of, yeah, tell people how you feel when you have the chance, because, you know, it seems like this shit is so random, but then once it happens, it's just, it's done, it's permanent, you know, and the world is fucking weird that way, but, um, you know, where I've been at mentally with this, and just as far as the thought, it's been, it's been having me, uh, just consider karma, I guess, and, uh, and I, I think to me, in my eyes, karma just ties into, like, spirituality, and then, uh, you know, and that ties into, like, Charlemagne and Ebro, ironically, uh, both were talking about, um, in regards to X and just, you know, his, his music, his presence on social media, you know, the allegations and all that, um, well, not as much in regards to the allegations, but they're just talking, I think, mainly on social media that, you know, you speak things into existence and, um, and that being positive or negative. So if you're constantly talking about how you are, you know, uh, you're going to die or the day you die one day when you die uh these are things that resonate in the universe is is what i'm i think that they're uh kind of the point of what they're getting at but um you know conversely there's there's positive things you can speak things into existence one of the best examples uh that i've noticed is uh or that i've taken note of is conor mcgregor he always says that he he envisioned this you know, the, the two, when, especially one moment that resonates, uh, pretty clearly is his, uh, two title win. When he won his second title, he said that he, what did he say? He manifested this or he spoke it into existence. And, uh, so it didn't surprise him because he, that, that was his goal. He, he knew he was going to achieve it. So I don't know. It, it ties into just thoughts on spirituality. I mean, Charlemagne referenced a earlier interview uh, that they had, that the Breakfast Club had done with Snoop Dogg, where he talked about, um, when he was on trial, was the first moment he realized that 
he may be speaking these things into existence, you know, like constantly, because he was like, Snoop Dogg was saying, when you think about it, you know, uh, gangster rap and just, you know, rap really in general, wh- what are you constantly talking about? You're talking about your death, how you're going to die before 25, how you're going to catch a case, how you, you know, if provoked, you'll kill, all this shit, all negative shit. And, you know, he was just kind of, I guess, exploring those thoughts as well, you know, just the the possibility of manifesting it. So he said from that point on, he started writing uh, life in his lyrics and he started, you know, just writing more positive and things to achieve, things that he wanted to achieve. And so I don't know. I thought it was just interesting that that whole take. Um, I don't know that I necessarily believe it. Uh but I've I've played with the idea, especially recently, of manifesting things and just believing. I think it ties into believing in yourself. And uh so I don't know. I'm I'm still kind of undecided on that, but uh, you know, the Ebro and Charlemagne getting back to the point of, you know, X talking about death and whatever could have not necessarily that it brought it upon him, but uh I don't know, just fucking interesting shit, I'm just kind of lost at that right now, um, but what I will say is that, yeah, it's, for me, it's giving me thoughts of, like, just karma, and questioning if that could play a role, because, uh, when you have someone like X, you know, that, that's what I was thinking recently, is, like, death does not cleanse your sins, you know, so you are still the person who you were, the care with the characteristics that you were when you died death does not make you noble it doesn't make you know it doesn't make you this icon just just by dying that was something that inter- that was interesting um peter rosenberg on a recent episode of his complex show open late uh had a dope intro where he paid homage to x but also you know just made sure that we were aware that he i, I think uh, a quote of towards the end of the monologue was uh he will forever be an icon but is no idol and uh I th- of course i think that holds true anyone that had behavior like this um i don't know man and, and that's where i think you know i just think of karma and i wonder say everything was true all of the allegations whatever um is this what makes everything, is this equal in the universe, right, um, don't get me wrong, by no means am I saying death is a solution, death is never a good thing, but, you know, if you believe in karma, it is interesting, which I don't know that I fully do, that's why I'm exploring the idea, but, um, yeah, man, he did some pretty terrible shit, and I saw that, uh, on, echoed on social media, just people saying, you know, that it's unfortunate that his past is forgotten and or just that people forget about his past and then also um people saying that uh one person said they felt bad because the people he's abused are forced to sympathize with their abuser and i don't know that that's necessarily true but i do know that the internet is a shitty place and uh in particular that you know that's one example of the internet being really shitty is kind of the ex fans going at the woman he's abused and just you know in just interfering with her life period 
she's already a victim. Just fucking leave her the fuck alone, right? Um, but yeah, man. I mean, so, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know where I really end up on this. Uh, obviously his actions were terrible. I just mean more so where I end up just in my thoughts. I, I guess I'll just continue to think about it because, uh, this was an interesting situation, you know, where you do have someone that was engulfed in a life of trauma, a life of tragedy, and they die by that same sword. And uh, what I what I do know is that there was a loss of potential, and that's always tragic. And um, and I also know that his music will be left to inspire people and help his fans get through well not even just his fans just people in general get through shit with that being said i'll read you guys a quote of his um from an instagram live session that you guys have likely heard of or heard um but because i think it captures that message well um and, and beautifully i mean he was a very artistic spiritual poetic dude so uh and this shows that so if worst thing comes to worst and I fucking die or some shit and I'm not able to see out my dreams, I at least want to know that the kids perceived my message and were able to make something of themselves and able to take my message and use it and turn it into something positive and to at least have a good life. The rapper can be heard saying, if I'm only if I'm if I'm going to die or ever be a sacrifice, I want to make sure that my life made at least five million kids happy or they found some sort of answers or resolve in my life, regardless of negative around my name, uh, regardless of the bad things people say to me. I don't give a fuck because I know I know my goal in the end and I know what I want for everyone and I know what my message is. I just want to say I appreciate the love. I appreciate and love all of you and I believe in you all. He would conclude the Instagram live session with these final words. Do not let your depression make you. Do not let your body define your soul. Let your soul find your body. Your mind is limitless. You are worth more than you can believe. All you have to do is dream. And all you have to do is want to fulfill that dream and have the strength. Uh, so, and then as you guys would imagine, I mean, beautiful words. I don't want to take away from that. Um, but as you guys would imagine, his... Uh, Album sales soared, as we always see, breaking records, I believe breaking Drake's single-day single streams or some shit. Um, so, according to reports, XXXTentacion's music sales have spiked in sales by a whopping 542,000% on Amazon. As it stands, the Fallen Rapper currently holds the number one and number two album spots on Amazon's Movers and Shakers digital music chart for sales of his first studio album, 17 jumping up 9,000%, while his sophomore question project released back in March saw a staggering 41,000% spike, 41, spike in less than 24 hours after his tragic death. In addition to the digital music numbers, the Fuck Love rapper also is also garnering an abundance of physical sales in CDs and vinyls, currently overtaking the number two and number three spots with question increasing in sales by staggering by a staggering 542% or 542,000%, excuse me, while the CD has bumped up 54,000% in sales. Um so yeah, man. I mean, and then lastly, I guess we can close with uh 
with theories. Um, there, you know, it, it is entertaining. It is, uh, you know, and I entertain the idea that of him staging it in some sort and him still being alive, just in giving it some thought. I entertained it in that way, but um, ultimately, what it comes down to, I think, is just a form of mourning. I think denial, you know, it's based in denial. You don't accept that reality, so you then, you know, your mind is so willing to formulate this this insane story of this dude staging it and you know staging his own death and still being alive, and uh, I think that's directly what it ties into. When you, when you really just stop and look at it, it's a, a form of grieving. It's denial. And, um, and some of the more ridiculous theories, that, I don't know, some, some shit with Drake being involved. I haven't even looked into it. This is as much as I'll entertain it. I think it's, uh, it, it's that shit seems like a joke. I think it's a, uh, a joke in poor taste, and I think it's uh, terrible timing. So, um... Yeah, that's that's all. I'll entertain that. But with that being said, that concludes the X news and just kind of uh, my thoughts on him, his legacy, his character, his passing. And um, now let's get into staying in music news. Drake's mom had a take on the beef when recently approached by TMZ. So Although Pusha T has already declared his beef with Drake over, it seems the rest of the world isn't done with the feud of the year. TMZ recently caught up with the Canadian artist's mother, Sandy Graham, in Hollywood to catch her thoughts on the heated beef that captivated the rap world. Um, not, not going into any of the diss details that fueled the animosity, Sandy noted that, quote-unquote, the battle is immature, uh, and that, quote-unquote, they're too grown up to be caught up in a beef. Uh, when asked if she... If she's proud that Drake didn't reply to Pusha's decisive The Story of Adinan diss record, Sandy said that she believes Drake always makes the best decisions in the end. I don't know, man. This shit is mainly just funny, but uh, it is interesting to look at it in that context. You know, by no means am I making an excuse for Drake, um, but they are two mid-30-year-old dudes that are insulting each other back and forth on on a on record and uh of course they are using their talent you know and it is all in sport uh and i don't really think there is an age limit on beef it's just uh i don't know it definitely looks different though when you have a young ass rapper it's kind of expected but whereas if you had anyone else i mean jay-z um fucking raekwon I, i don't know man any older rappers that were just, I, I guess Kanye, Kanye's been, but he hasn't really fed into the beef, and I guess that's the context of which I'm, like, talking about, but, um, I don't know, yeah, it just, you just have to be cautious, because it looks tackier the older you get, because you're supposed to be established, and I guess just more understanding is kind of what's expected of you, but, um, it's just, uh, yeah, it's funny to look at it in that context, and, yeah, so that is Drake's mom's perspective on the beef. With that being said, I briefly wanted to bring up J.I.D.'s uh, freshman freestyle that recently released, or relatively recently, and um, I recommend you guys go check it out. It is very dope. It's, it's a relatively short video, I think at two minutes, 
Um, but most of these freestyles are seeming to be relatively short. Um, so far, I think we have, obviously, J.I.D.'s. Oddly enough, I think he was first. And that was fucking weird, because I thought they would have saved him for last or whatever. But, um, yeah, so J.I.D., we have Smoke Perp. We have, uh, I think, Stefflon Dons came out. And then, uh, just recently, Lil Pump's freestyle came out. And, um, I don't know, man. I think it shows that not every style fits the you know freestyling um not every rap style i guess fits freestyling because it's easy to bash lil pump and smoke perp because his, his was pretty bad i mean lil pumps i listened to it and uh i think that one was like one minute or under a minute and uh it was just like a, a jumble of words like I, did, I was just like what the fuck are you even saying you know but um I don't know, and that's not to knock him, because his shit is funny, he, like, and I don't mean that in a condescending way, I really do think his shit creates, his music creates a vibe, and, uh, you know, with lines like, your mama still lives in a tent, and then what was it, on a, a T Grizzly track that I was recently listening to, he says, give a bitch the dick, make her do some jumping jacks, or, or some shit, and it's just like, what, <laughs> like, what, bro, but uh, I don't know, I fuck with it. And so, um, I don't mean to sit here and bash them. Obviously, J.I.D.'s a fucking phenomenal, like, the, the cadence that he finds, the different rhythms, the, the flow patterns. He goes into a couple of them. And, um, you know, just his style fits a freestyle better. And then J.I.D., or not J.I.D., um, fucking Lil Pump and Smoke Perp and the like. You know, I, I don't think it speaks on their music. I think it's easy to say, see, what the fuck are they even saying? Um, they don't even have flow. What are they without the instrumentals? I think that that is a point. Like, it does, but but not to bash them. It's, it's a point to say that just different hip-hop styles, which Lil Pump is, leans heavier on instrumentals, you know, and just to create that vibe, so... I don't know. They're interesting. If you guys are interested in that uh, freshman freestyling, the freshman class, uh, just be no, just be aware that they are posting freshman freestyles. I, be, I believe it's a new one every day, and there's also an interview that accompanies it. But um, yeah, so check out JIDs. It's fucking phenomenal. And uh, and also, if if you want, yeah, there are other ones like Lil Pump and uh, Smoke Perp, and I believe we have what like five more to go five or six so yeah it should be interesting with that said let's get into this Nas album review um I meant to get it get into it at the top of the episode but um got sidetracked a bit by the x topic and just my thoughts on that and everything um so I fuck with this album guys I really like this album I think it stands as a great Nas album um but also with it being so short, that shouldn't be that hard to do, right? I mean, Nas is still a phenomenal lyricist. Um, still still a bit slept on, but for the most part recognized as a, an immense talent in rap. But um, I don't know. You, you figure what expectations could you have for a Nas and a Kanye project? I mean... I, I tried to go into it with as least, you know, as the smallest expectations possible or, or no expectations at all. Um, 
So with that being said, it opens with not for radio. Um, it's immediately powerful. This song, you just uh, a powerful opener. Um, and Diddy's vocals on it. Not only what Nas is talking about, the subject matter, the black empowerment. Um, beautiful, beautiful fucking opener. I think it sets the mood insanely well, the, the tone for the album. Um, but Diddy. Diddy, his vocals fit oddly well. And I only say oddly because although Diddy isn't as intolerable as DJ Khaled, um, you know, just like Khaled's vocals over a track when he's talking to you or yelling at you, it's fucking, uh, it can fuck up a song pretty easily, at least to me. Um, and Diddy, I'm not a huge fan of talking on a record, just period. And, uh, but I thought Diddy fit, uh, he, he, his vocals fit oddly well and they felt right. So I'll, I'll give that to it. Um, and then cop shot the kid or yeah, cop shot the kid. So I was watching the listening party and when this record dropped, it's just the crowd was otherwise calm. And then once this drops, you see the crowd just start jumping and it's like, oh, that's that's like visual energy. You know, th- this song gives off so much energy. It's so energetic. Um, beautiful use of the sample. Uh, and, and I don't know. I mean, I would venture to say this is one of those instantly classic records that, you know, this song will stand out for years to come. And uh, just as far as its messaging, but well, not only its messaging, but its vibe. It's hard for this not for this to come on and you not to be moving. Um, it's just so energetic. But my my favorite aspect of this song is when the chords come in, and the chords are dark, they're sinister, they're they're just sad, and um, I think they remind you how deep the subject matter is, because it's easy to just vibe to this song. Um, but for it to be so heavy, I really like that juxtaposition. And, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. Um, the song is, is fucking phenomenal. One of my favorite on the record by far, uh, if not my favorite. And then it goes into White Label, which the instrumental is insane. Um, and, and what was evident is that it's such a treat to hear Nas over Ye production. Um... Then we get into the the misstep of the album, I'll say, which is Bonjour. I mean, if you have seven songs, you really can't fuck up, right? And I I mean, I'm not the harshest judge, so I'm just kind of like, okay, that's the one track that I'll skip. But I know that other reviewers, if they're giving it a percentage or, or, you know, uh, a number out of 10 or whatever, this would make a huge dent in it because it's one of only seven songs. Um, I don't know, man, the Bonjour track just gave me vibes of, it, it's outdated, it, um, it to me is like one of those slower pop records on a rap album, not that it's going to, you know, blow up, because I don't think that's the case, but it just reminded me of like a, what was the T.I. song, You Can Have Whatever You Like, or some shit like that, that is like, okay, that's a, T.I. made a pop song, but that's not a good T.I. song, you know, um, so the singing on it, I enjoy, 
I did enjoy that if I if I have one takeaway from the track that I like the least. But um the subject was just lacking. I, I didn't care too much for it. Um maybe it was because it comes after tracks like Cop Shot the Kid and uh and White Label, but I don't know man. It just felt lacking. Um and then everything uh it's immediately intriguing. It's dope to hear Kanye singing so uh unaltered don't get me wrong i know that it's probably not his natural voice or or has some touch up to it but it's just not drowned in autotune and i can appreciate that um i enjoyed his singing on this record and i thought it was a phenomenal performance from the dream um he's always good man and an insane talent um and then the subject is compelling and nas paints uh scenarios beautifully so I really fuck with the Everything record. Probably my number three favorite record on this. I don't know. It's only seven songs, so let me chill with that. Um, But, and then Adam and Eve. So, the old-time piano samples set such an atmosphere uh, immediately. And then the bass line comes in, and it's instantly one of my favorite instrumentals on the album. Once that bass line comes in, compliments the piano. I don't know, man. Um... Yeah, that's what stood out to me on this track in in the initial couple of listens. Um, Mind you, less than than a review, this is more of an initial thoughts. Um, You know, because, I mean, a review feels so final to me, man. It's like, this is what this record is worth. This is all it'll it'll ever be to me. I'm going to give it a number value, and that's going to dictate its, yeah, just its value to me. All it'll ever be to me. And I think that shit's kind of crazy because we grow and we go through shit. And who knows, maybe in a fucking year when I'm going through some shit or I'm at a high point and I'm, you know, just growing as a person, I go back to this record and then it goes from being like a seven to like a 10. You know, it's all about living with the music, at least to me. Um, So with that being said, then we get to the last track, Simple Things. Um, Kanye's really giving us some of the best production, and Nas rhymes over it so effortlessly, it makes you wonder why this is the first Nas and Ye project we're hearing, um, and, and I think that's a real, a reoccurring feeling with Kanye and the projects he's been putting out, obviously with Push, um, I think Push also just is a phenomenal lyricist, and, rapper in general so you know instrumental instrumentals matter less to him they don't really make or break him but um still hearing him over Kanye's production I love it I would take it again any any other project if they work again uh, of course they'll work but I mean on a whole project um but especially with Kid See Ghost man that album makes me want to hear Kanye and Cudi every time Cudi drops and then, um, similarly, now with the Nas project, it makes me want another Nas and Kanye project. Um, just because Nanye, or, Nanye, wow, that's, that's fucking great. Um, Nas hasn't had the best beat selection in the past. Um, and, you know, he does tend to gravitate towards even more poppy, not, not all records on a project, but he does usually have a couple that are like, oh, this is that good old Nas throwaway. And um, and this one, for the most part, other than Bonjour, which I don't know if it's necessarily a throwaway. I don't care that much for it. Um, but it wasn't awful. It's, it's definitely listenable. 
but regardless, I would love to hear another Nas and Kanye project. Um, who knows if we'll see that? I know that that should make us just appreciate this that much more. And don't get me wrong, I do. I'm not dismissing this album and just wanting more immediately. But um, I did think that the Simple Things song was too short and ends abruptly. But uh, it was a beautiful closer as far as subject matter. And um, yeah, man, I mean, I'm a bit upset to see one record that I didn't really like on a seven record project. But um, I guess I should more so just be happy that I got six solid ass great Nas records. So um, with that being said, yeah, I would say this album's great. And um, I recommend you guys listen to it. I know it might be a little more lyrical than than most shit. Well, no, I wouldn't even say that. It's just it's just Nas. And if you're familiar with Nas, you know you're going to get subject matter. Um and Kanye production, how could you go wrong with that? If if you listen to one Nas album with this one having a runtime of what, like twenty minutes, a little over twenty minutes, uh, make this the one. I'll say that. So now let's get into a bit of fashion news. We have a huge fashion week. I mean, um, and mind you, I will be going over the shows or I'll be looking at because we had um, three that I was hugely interested in this week. Uh, we had the Off-White collection, of course, the Louis Vuitton collection and then uh, Rick Owens collection. So I will look at those over the weekend and um just go over them, give you guys my thoughts on them uh, next week. But uh, I did want to read this interview to you guys, or, or portions of this interview. Uh, Virgil Abloh was interviewed by, uh, let's see, what was it, Financial Times. And, um, and although it was before his Louis Vuitton show, but it did feature a couple gems. And I wanted to share that with you now. So um, on the reaction to his appointment. In America, it felt like something had happened. Like, you're going to be the head of a French house? You don't look like every designer that's come before. I'm a kid from Chicago. I know it was hard. I know what it was like to see Obama become president. We felt the tectonic plates of the world shift. Um, that shit is dope. Uh, on his intentions for the collection, I've talked myself around to stopping and thinking in the turbulence. The most important message is to let me just focus on making the most beautiful normcore clothes, but as luxurious as possible. The very first thing I made here was a t-shirt. What's the perfect weight? Why are fashion t-shirts usually so tiny? For me, there's a subtlety in focusing on the right shape of a t-shirt and pant. I recognize that it's boring, but the idea is to catch people off guard and reward in some valuable way. Um, on the collection's accessories, the joke in the studio is the word accessomorphosis. When does an accessory morph into a garment? We've all been carrying these crossbody bags in a modern way of dressing, uh, or it's a modern way of dressing. From day one, I was like, let's, let's own this space. It's the type of garment that can be distinctly Vuitton. Um, Ablo covered some of, the, some of the same topics when talking to WWD, as well as discussing the now infamous picture of Kanye West himself and others from back in 2009. I had on, I had red glasses on, yellow shoes, a marble patterned shirt, and a blue Montclair vest. Uh, it was a kind of laughingstock type photo because my friend had leopard leggings on and cowboy boots. But that peacocking, that's us, unabashed, un, uh, unabashed, unjaded, confident. 
here in the fashion industry a little too early, but obviously we stuck around and now everyone's super influential. And I knew that when the photo came out, I was like, finally, we will we will write ourselves into history. So I don't know, kind of dope. I, I appreciated the little bits of, uh, I don't know, just the insight, his, his take on the collection. I think that shit, that shit is fascinating to me. Um, so now getting into a bit of sneaker news, a bit of precautionary sneaker news. So Nike fans have been getting scammed by fake influencer recruitment campaigns. Um, and I wanted to make you guys aware because I wasn't aware and I was like, fuck, well, if I could spread awareness, why the fuck not? Right. Um, so a new social media scam has emerged, attempting to trick users with the promise of an influencer role at Nike and free sneakers. The fake flyer explains that it is a recruit or it is recruiting any ambassadors for our upcoming new brand before asking users and more than with more than 250 followers to repost this to their Instagram story follow at nike recruits and mention the page in its post as well as the nike the at nike recruits other similarly fake pages have also emerged with an almost identical scam over the past 24 hours despite the less than convincing instagram page a number of people have already fallen for the scam this has led to nike calling out the scam on twitter explaining that the page is not an authorized nike account it isn't exactly clear what the scam is aiming to achieve although many believe that it's a quick way to grow an Instagram following quickly. Um, once the page has a large number of followers, it will be able to rebrand. As it stands, at Nike Recruits has, has gained just over 1,300 followers in its first day, while the other similar page, at Nike Recruits, has managed to reach almost 85,000 followers. Um, so yeah, just be mindful, be aware. Uh, it doesn't seem like they're trying to get money out of anyone or anything but um yeah the shit is a scam so now let's get into some tech news so facebook launches new game show features for live streams uh rivaling the youtube community so facebook just unpacked a slew of interactive video features this tuesday offering users to create their own offering users to create their own live streams that include trivia plugins and polls uh like polls and quizzes according to the tech crunch uh, these game show ask attributes are comparable to YouTube's fledging community platform that offers creators similar options for video recording. However, the social media giant assures that its new features will be groundbreaking in the entertainment sector as a whole, describing it as more community centric as per the company's official blog. Accompanying the features are new options to rake in cash for uploaded content, uploaded video content such as extended advertisements and monthly subscriptions. Moreover, the platform will pave the way for paid partnerships with the new Brand Collabs Manager section. The company also announced additional interactive games or interactive game shows that will be added to Facebook Watch, spanning confetti from Insider, Fresh Nose, What's in the Box, and BuzzFeed's Outside Your Bubble. Um, and so I wanted to read this story in tandem with this other story, because it's, it's interesting, it represents something interesting to me. Um, so Instagram now has, uh, they've launched their long-form IGTV, uh, I guess just IGTV program. Um, so after rumors of 60-minute videos emerged earlier this month, Instagram is now reportedly set to launch the feature this week, titled IGTV. The new hub uh, will support videos ranging from 15 seconds to 60 minutes, well above the current one-minute cap that currently exists on the app. 
According to reports, Instagram has been meeting with influencers and online content creators to encourage them to create longer videos. The desired videos are believed to be more similar to YouTube vlogs than normal Instagram posts, which could mean that the move is an attempt by Facebook and Instagram to take on the Google-owned video platform. The type of creative approach has been uh, the, cri- the type of creative approach has been web celebrities who specialize in mobile-produced content rather than traditional publishers and TV shows. Over time, these creators will set the tone and style of what IGTV becomes. The news is set to be announced today with Instagram events happening simultaneously across the world. And I believe it has since been rolled out. Um, Mind you, this is an older article. But I think it's fascinating to see uh, both Facebook and Instagram going at YouTube this way. Um, more so the, uh, IGTV that that's, what's really intriguing to me because of just how its content is going to be seamlessly integrated and it's just a longer video. That's it. It goes to all of your same followers and I'm pretty sure there's just a different segment. So when you go to someone's profile, there is a photos column and then you just uh, slide that over and you get to their videos or their IGTV, whatever they're calling it. But, um, yeah, so that immediate rollout and just how easily it'll apply into, you know, into the system of Instagram and just for every creator. I don't know, man. It's, it's fascinating because we've been wondering, or at least, you know, I know for damn sure I've been wondering for a while now when we're going to see a legitimate competitor uh, for YouTube. You know, with them fucking up, it's it's only a matter of time, it, it feels like. But with their infrastructure, everything that they have set up, it can't a competitor can't be made in a day. So they have that time, obviously money. Um, and, and so it's interesting. For a while there, I just wasn't sure. And I don't even know if this is a definitive answer, but I know it is something worth... Uh, I don't I don't even know if it's something worth YouTube worrying about, but I do know that this is probably one of the best steps you could have taken, you know, for a platform as wide reaching as Instagram to implement this video feature. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. And the the vertical video is interesting. Mind you, if you guys were unaware, it, it is all, I believe, vertical video. Maybe you have the option to film horizontally, but um the the couple of videos that I've seen have all been vertical. So I don't know, man. Um competition is good though, and this shit will uh it's exciting. It's exciting and an awesome tool for creators. Um and yeah, I'm interested to see what you guys will do with it, how you'll use it, um, if you'll use it. But I think with it being right there integrated into likely an app that you use daily, it, it's kind of just a matter of time. With that, let's get into some science news. I read this fascinating article that blew my mind or just was very intriguing to me. Uh, I believe it was on Bloomberg and it's on are we worrying about the wrong kind of AI? So um, no computer has yet shown features of true human level artificial intelligence, much less conscious awareness. Some experts think we won't see it for a long time to come. And yet academics, ethicists, developers, and policymakers are already thinking thinking a lot about the day when computers become conscious, not to mention worries about more primitive AI being used in defense projects. 
Um, now consider that biologists have been learning to grow functioning, quote-unquote, mini-brains or, quote-unquote, brain organoids uh, from real human cells. And progress has been so fast that researchers are actually worrying about what to do if a piece of tissue in a lab dish suddenly, show, suddenly shows signs of having conscious states of reasoning abilities. Uh, while we are busy focusing on computer intelligence, AI may arrive in living form first and bring with it a host of unprecedented ethical challenges. So in the 1930s, the British, mas- the British mathematician Alan, Alan Turing famously set out the mathematical, the mathematical foundations for digital computing. It's less well known that Turing later pioneered the mathematical theory of morphogenesis, or how organisms develop from single cells into complex multicellular beings through a sequence of controlled transformations making increasingly intricate structures. Morphogenesis is also a computation only with a genetic program controlling not just zeros and ones, but complex chemistry, physics, and cellular geometry. Following Turing's thinking, biologists have learned to control the computation of bio- biological development so accurately that lab-grown art of that lab-grown that lab growth of artificial organs, even brains, is no longer science fiction. A typical example of what's being done is the organoids recently grown in the lab of biologist Sergio Pasca and colleagues from Stanford University. They started with stem cells, which have the remarkable ability to, to develop into any cell type in the human body, including brain cells. Put a collection of these in a dish, add the right molecular signaling factors to initiate development, and they will grow, divide, and di- they will grow, divide, and differentiate into an array of cells with distinct functions, the mass self-organizing into something like real brain tissue. Uh, after developing in culture for about 10 weeks, the resulting brain organoid displayed function displayed functional characteristics of the cerebral cortex of a mostly developed human fetus, uh, including neurons with spontaneous electrical activity and working synapses. Of course, it lacks real brain size and other kinds of specialized cells found in real brains, including blood cells and cells able to sense the external world, but such things won't be too far away. The aim of the research is to better understand human neurological and psychiatric disorders, which are hard to study in real patients. Research on treatments would be much easier in model brains grown to closely mimic the brains of people with specific brain disorders. But the closer these organoids come to being like real brains, the more this research approaches an ethical crossroads. Uh, technology and unthinkingly tra- technology that unthinkingly tramples over moral boundaries risks public rejection. Hence, researchers are openly discussing the ethical challenges likely to arise. Almost no one thinks that a single cell is conscious, and today's organoids aren't either. But there's a continuous arc of increasing complexity that technology looks certain to traverse on the way to fully realistic human brains. What if a cherry-sized organoid of 10 million neural cells gains awareness of itself, or shows signs of distress? At what point does it become clear that the organoids have crossed the boundary into being deserving of rights or warranting the appointment of a legal guardian? Right now, no one even knows how to reliably measure attributes of consciousness or thought in a piece of of neural matter. We can do so in real brains, but what about things that are only partially like brains? 
things that may get things may get weirder still with bits of artificial brain tissue implanted into the brains of other organisms resulting in chimeras uh organisms not fully of any one species but part human and part mouse pig or dog like ai based on computing this research is racing ahead at a at an alarming speed we need to few, we need a few more minds thinking about where it's likely to end up so this shit was intriguing to me because typically when we think artificial intelligence we're thinking of robots right and computers so on um i don't know man i think this is something that we'll see developed in my lifetime and that's what's also even more intriguing um because i think it'll be like a new age abortion argument you know just as to and, and and what's fascinating, we'll be playing God at that point. We will have created consciousness. We will have created what we know as life um, in, in the truest sense. I don't know, man. This shit is uh, mind-blowing. I was unaware that this... You know, I knew Rogan talks a lot about um, stem cells, but I had no idea that it was coming this far along. I mean, you could imagine with technology being where it's at, the the pace we're developing at. Um, but yeah, and in, and it's a ways out still. So it's not like it's something to worry about. But it is. But it is, I guess, right? Because you need that. You can't have enough preparation. Um, and just what a fucking fascinating time, man. I mean, we're on the cusp of a breakthrough in uh in human existence. I mean. In, in either regard, really, when you think of AI, whether you're thinking computers, robots, companions, or now in a Petri dish made from all organic material. I don't know, man. Um, and what is consciousness? That's a question in and of itself that is like, I don't know. This is the shit that fascinates me, though. Um, so I hope you guys take that article, take what you will from it, and uh, just think about it. Think about the possibility. Think about the times that we're in. Um, how lucky we are to be alive in these times. Because um, so often it's negative shit in the news. Um, you know, tragedy, all of that. We're, we're inundated with that constantly. But um, it's, it's so constantly that it's easy to forget that we're in these fucking fascinating, this scientific renaissance that's like unlike anything I mean, I don't know, man. I love it. I fucking love it. So now with that said, let's get into a bit, uh, something a bit lighter. Um, the sneaker review or upcoming sneaker review. I always fuck it up. That's, that's a guarantee. I'm always going to fuck it up. I think that's my thing. Um, so today we had the Kendrick Lamar Nike Cortez three or yesterday rather. Um, we had the Kendrick Lamar Nike Cortez three, as I said, nothing that special, uh, to me. But I do like um, what it is for Kendrick and for Compton and uh, and that achievement and, and with Nike, you know, of course. But uh, I also do like, I've seen more and more photos, I do like the bet it back on the tongue. I just like it because if you're inspired by Kendrick, you're a fan of his, who who is seemingly who this is for, um, when you put those on, you're already inspired. But then when you're, you know, you're tying them up or just sliding them on, whatever, you look down and see bet it back, you know, that's just a dope motivational 
uh, I guess, quote to me. Um, and yeah, and I love that shit on shoes, you know, little motivational shit, wherever it is. Um, it works for me. I know it doesn't work for everyone. Some people think it's corny. Uh, I fuck with it. And then we also had the Nike Air Force 270, um, bulky, I would say childish, like the design comes off as childish to me. Um, it is available in men's and grade school. Mind you, this is the black, metallic, silver, and white colorway. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I don't hate it. I just, it just looks younger to me. Very youthful. Um, so I'll say that. I'll try and leave it positive. Um, and then we also have the Nike Air Flight Posit in the Legion Green and Black colorway. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, I didn't know people were still doing this that people were still fucking with, uh, phone posits and flight posits, but if it's your thing, it's a definitely a unique aesthetic, and I can appreciate that, very, uh, the designer took a lot of risks in this shit, and that's, uh, apparent, but then on, uh, let's see, today we have the Nike Zoom Vapor Street Flyknit, um, I don't know, man, this is a very sporty colorway, mind you, most of the colorways are, I guess, what you would call sporty, but I don't like how simple this one is. Um, well, no, I do like the simple colorways. I don't like the blue and just these singular pops of color. I don't fuck with that. Um, the overall shape of the sneaker is fucking interesting to me. It's like <laughs> I, just, I see the sneaker and more often uh, every time I see it, I think of Rogan and how pissed he would be. You know, if you guys constantly listen to Rogan, you know where he stands with athletic, uh, athletic wear and more specifically athletic sneakers. Um, he says that you need to strengthen your feet. Your feet are becoming pussy the more cushion you have for them. And, uh, and this thing is like a fucking, what, like it's two inches of fucking cushion and, and with a sock on top of it. I don't know, just hilarious. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I like the aesthetic of it, but, uh, not not a colorway for me. All right, then we have the Nike Air Max 270 B True. Uh, I do fuck with the multicolor bubble. I like the whole cause. I fuck with Nike, with what Nike's doing with this. Um, yeah, it's not bad, man. And for 160, it's reasonable. Will it go on sale? Probably not, just because of the numbers. Um, I would imagine it's more limited. But uh, I don't know. It's it's dope, dope colorway dope cause, I fuck with it, um, then we have the Nike SB Dunk Low Ride Life, um, very basic, just a black Dunk Low, uh, it looks like the materials are slightly altered, but other than that, it's just far too simple, I mean, if you skate your shit, and you're beating it up, this is a perfect one, I mean, it's all black, you're gonna be able to beat these shits up for years to come, but uh, if they're made like they used to be made, who knows? Maybe SBs are like made so cheaply that you can't even skate them now. I don't know. But uh, yeah, very basic. I, I think it'll definitely go on sale. And then you could copy uh, below retail and beat that shit up. That's the only, you know, the only reason, the only justification I see for buying it. Although it is dope that dunks are relatively low priced at that $100 price point. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. If, you, if you're going to skate it, sure knock yourself out otherwise uh insanely basic all right now the nike Kyrie 4 uncle drew um very basic colorway boring but i have to say i do fuck with what they're doing with the whole uncle drew um 
the movie and everything that shit is huge man i really fuck with that um it's dope to see a cultural basketball movie moment um i don't, I don't know it's just dope because there were so many when i was younger with uh space jam well how do i should say so many no there really were more right cultural basketball movies that that had a significance and were uh yeah like space jam was part of my childhood man so i don't know um it's just dope to see period um and then we have the puma rs zero play in the men's and grade school men it comes in men's and grade school sizes in the black high risk red and white colorway very simple i fuck with this i think i think puma did well in this design i don't know if it's a retro it definitely looks that way but uh you know with today's aesthetics new things look old right that's that's like how you make something dope um so yeah i fuck with it i like the uh puma logo being what like strike through i think it adds like a dope tech wear vibe um and it's a simple colorway. I mean, it is just black and white with hits of red. But uh, if you're looking for something to beat up, you can't go wrong. $100. It'll probably go on sale. But uh, yeah, I recommend it. Pull the trigger. Uh, there's also a white and Hawaiian ocean colorway of the Puma RS Zero Play. Uh, this one definitely looks more youthful. It's definitely more, uh, it has more of a pop. The whole upper is white. You got some red on the midsole, um, blue, hits of yellow. I don't know. I mean, I fuck with it. It looks it looks very young. It looks childish, but not in a bad way. Um, so, yeah, if that's your thing, again, $100, not terrible. Uh, all right, now we have the Adidas Crazy One Advanced uh, in the core black, cloud white, and multicolor colorway. I don't know, man. This silhouette just looks outdated to me. It looks very much like the, um, fuck, I don't know, the tubular. That's exactly what it looks like, the tubular uh, silhouette. And for me, because I was so I was so fascinated by the tubular silhouette, um, this, this I can't help but look at this and think that it looks dated. But if it's your thing, sure, why not? <clears throat> I would imagine it would go on sale, though. Um... Now we have on 628, we have the uh, Nike Air Max 95, Just Do It, and uh, in the white, white, black colorway. I don't know, man. Uh, this one isn't awful, but uh, I don't fuck with it. The, the Just Do It words fucking everywhere. Um, but if it's your thing, hey, go ahead. Um, we also have, we have quite a few in this pack. So we have the Nike Air Max 95 just do it in an orange. It's ma it has a orange upper. It's very, very simple, but loud in its color, but simple in design. Um, orange upper, bright orange upper, Nike orange upper, and then a white outsole. Um, yeah, simple with a just do it sticker stamp on the side, whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, it looks very Nike. I'll say, and I think that can be pulled off in dope ways, like, you you can probably come up with some dope fits with this, um, I'll give it that, but then we have the Nike Air Max 95, just do it in a black colorway, with, uh, the just do it in little hits of orange on the Nike swoosh in the text, um, this is probably the worst out of the three, I would say, um, 
I don't know. It's it's like it it symbolizes Nike, but in a bad way to me. It just looks tacky. Um, with the text fucking everywhere. Oh, but just when you think it couldn't get tackier, we have the Nike Air Force One High. Just do it. This one, I don't know. It, it's it's crazy to call this one tacky because the what was it? The first Air Max ninety five has just do it everywhere. But I think it's in panels, right? Um, yeah, it's in panels and it's used as like its own color. This is just fucking everywhere on a gray upper. Just do it wording everywhere. Um, I don't know, man. I cannot fuck with this. If that's your thing, by all means, it gets a little bit better. We have the Nike Air Force One High with a, uh, it's a white outsole, black upper with the wording. This looks like Nike and not that tacky. So I fuck with this one out of the two, out of the two, I fuck with this one. Um, then we have the Nike Air Max One, just do it. This one isn't terrible, man. I don't know. I'm indifferent on it right now. I've seen it all over social media on multiple accounts that I follow. Um, mind you, it is mainly an all-white sneaker with orange hits on the laces and then just random text and branding everywhere that say, just do it. Um, I don't know. I'm indifferent. It, it is not awful. I'll say that. It's not awful. Um, and then we have the orange Nike Air Max one, just do it. Uh, mainly orange upper, same branding, uh, black laces. I think the laces even fucking say just do it. Um, I don't know, man. I get off-white vibes from this. Maybe it's because of the use of the orange. Uh, I don't know. This one in specific, though. The orange and the wording, maybe. Uh, the random text. I don't know. Um, but it's it's not awful. I could see this one being p- pulled off in a dope way as well. Um... It's not awful, but it's not great. And that concludes the uh, the upcoming sneaker releases, man. So with that, I'm going to close with an a article that intrigued me. Uh, don't worry, it is shorter than the previous article. I know that one was a bit lengthy, but it was so fascinating. I kind of debated because I was like, I don't know. It, it, uh, it was so intriguing. I knew it might be a lengthy article for you guys, but... um. I was like, fuck it. This is fucking fascinating. And I hope that it'll be that for you guys as well. But now we have an article explaining or or just exploring what a five-day break from social media can do for your brain. So this summer, if you're lucky, you're probably taking a break somewhere away from your usual routine to reset and relax. And then if new science is to be believed, you might want to consider taking a vacation from Facebook too. Your brain will thank you. Um, Facebook seems to be continuously in the news these days for one privacy scandal after another, but below, but below that steady drumbeat of negative headlines runs a quieter current of bad news for the company. A series of studies is showing how the site negatively impacts our moods and stress levels and, uh, and how valuable even a short break from social media can be. So the most recent of these was led by Australian researcher Eric Vonman, uh, at the University of Queensland and was recently published in the Journal of Social Psychology. For the study, Von Min's team rounded up 128 active Facebook users and brought them into the lab for in-depth tests of their life satisfaction, stress levels, and moods. Uh, crucially, the scientists also took a saliva sample to measure subjects' levels of cortisol, which is a hormone generally linked to stress. The higher your levels, the more stressed out you probably are. 
Then the scientists told half of these subjects that they would need to abstain from Facebook entirely for a week. The participants banned from the Facebook predicted the participants banned from Facebook predicted dire outcomes. My social life will be totally stopped if I cannot use Facebook. Uh, wrote one dejected subject when asked to predict his feelings. When they returned five days later for the same battery of tests, the volu- the volunteers did tell scientists that they felt the quality of their social lives declined. But you know, but but you know what also declined their cortisol levels. As the British Psychological Society Research Digest blog notes in their in their write-ups of the findings, while this drop in psychological marker of stress is intriguing, it's also not conclusive. Maybe the Facebook-deprived subjects were simply forced to take more walks to pass the time, for instance, and that led to the reduction in cortisol. But luckily, you don't have to base your opinions on what a short break from Facebook will do for your brain on this one study alone. Uh, Way back in 2015, researchers at the wonderfully named Happiness Research Institute in Copenhagen asked roughly 1,000 Danes to quit Facebook for a week. Those forced to take a break from the social network saw a 55% decrease in stress and an uptick in face-to-face socializing. This is hardly a flood of inconvertible findings, but it is but it is steady evidence that Facebook, with its endless parade of uh, with its endless parade of curated humble brags and covert status competition, is probably having a negative effect on your stress levels. And these conclusions are backed up by plenty of anecdotal evidence too. The good news is that you don't need to quit to entirely quit Facebook or radically rearrange your social life to fight back against the negative psychological consequences of social media. As the new Australian study makes clear, even a five-day hiatus will probably give your body and brain a break from stress, but computer science professor and deep work author Cal Newport suggests a more long-term fix. Quit Facebook for one month to see what parts of your social media habit you truly miss and what parts were just mindless browsing. At the end of the 31-day period, he explains, People can rebuild their digital their digital lives starting from a blank slate, only allowing back in technologies for which they could provide a compelling motivation. Give it a try. Science suggests the experiment will be a stress killer. So with that being said, I'm not telling you guys anything new. You guys have probably heard this millions of times in millions of different places. But um, yeah, just be mindful that the things that you constantly do do affect your thought patterns do affect they have an influence on your mind as a whole and and in turn your happiness as a whole so um if you do find yourselves gravitating towards for me it's always been instagram you know just scrolling and scrolling and fucking scrolling you get lost like you'll go to look at one post look up one person whatever right and then before you know it it's fucking 20 minutes later and you're still not even done. You're just like, oh, it's been it's been a while, but um, I'm almost done. And then maybe within 30 minutes, then you're fucking done. You know, it can just has this sinkhole effect where you can just lose fucking track of time so easily. So uh, so just be mindful and know that that shit does have an effect on you and uh, take control of it because this is your motherfucking life. Uh, but then also do what makes you happy. Who the fuck am I to say? If you love Facebook, you love being addicted, uh, who am I to tell you not to be addicted? Um, I'm just trying to look out for you guys' well-being. And all all good intentions, uh, trying not to be too preachy, just interesting shit that reminds me to keep track of 
uh, why I feel the way I feel, how I feel, and um, yeah, just all that shit, taking control of your life, essentially. Um, so with that being said, I love you guys, I appreciate you guys, and I'll be talking to you on the next podcast. Peace.